Enthusiast Life brought to you by Gamer Goo. My name is Mark Turcotte, and I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Monday, December 14th, 2020. Hopefully you had yourself a good weekend. I know my mind has just been going crazy over all the Disney Plus announcements from things like all the Star Wars announcements to the Marvel Studios announcements to hell, even just the regular Disney Plus announcements. Wow. Lots and lots of big announcements. And hey, hopefully you enjoyed Friday's episode. I know we were kind of set to not go into all that Disney Plus stuff, but I had no idea that all that was going to be happening. And I knew, hey, I got to get Chris here on the show with me um, you know, to break it all down. Him and I were the Disney Plus guys, so hopefully you enjoyed that episode. And uh, it was good. It was good having Chris back on the show for sure. I know we'll uh, probably be doing it again at some point here. Uh, in the coming months, because hey, that, that's why, you know, we said it's always open, the door's always open for him to come back, so I'm sure he'll be stopping by. Now, originally, I had planned to really dive into um, the uh, Game Awards here on this episode, and I'm going to be honest, we're, we're going to kind of breeze through it, because I do want to talk a decent amount about Cyberpunk, uh, having played through this weekend, and of course, then, we do need to break down Chapter 15 of The Mandalorian and so we're going to be doing that here towards the end of the show. As always, spoilers there will be at the end. And, and you know, right now I'm going to give you your non-spoiler chapter 15 summary of The Mandalorian. It was great. Go watch it. Like, there you go. <laughs> That's all you're getting. So when we're talking Mandalorian here towards the end, I'm going to be diving deep into everything that happened in that episode. But a uh, quick little housekeeping as always. Don't forget, you can always follow me on Twitter at MarkTurk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And of course, you can always email the show at theenthuselife at gmail.com. We got one more week of The Mandalorian, so I would love to know what you guys think of The Mandalorian. And I would also want to know what you're thinking of Cyberpunk 2077. If you are into that game and playing it right now, Please send me your thoughts because I'm going to share with you mine here in just in just a few minutes here, or just probably a couple seconds here. Um, and I would love to know what your thoughts on the game are. Are you enjoying it? What platform specifically are you playing on? Please let me know that um, because that definitely makes seems to make all the difference when it comes to this video game. So let's jump in here. Uh, actually, real quick here with the video game awards. Let, let's talk there. Um, the only real big thing for me, and I'm going to be honest, like I, I as the as it was happening, I was just kind of getting the quick little headlines and kind of just, you know, read, looked at a couple articles and watched a couple trailers. I'm not going to say the only thing that really stood out to me, but it seemed like this year, not as, uh, there weren't as many bombshell trailers and that that are out there. And the one that, really the only one that really got me super excited was the Mass Effect trailer. Now, two things with that. Number one, um, the trailer looked great. You know, obviously, if you're a Mass Effect fan, that is just going to get your Mass Effect juices flowing, if you want to say. Um, looked gorgeous. Obviously, though, I'm sure it was a CGI trailer, not exactly a, um, uh, you know, gameplay trailer by any stretch of the means. Um, but, you know, the idea that they are officially acknowledging that they are doing another Mass Effect. I mean, they had already told us that on and um, seven day on November 7th on the, the Mass Effect day they had a couple weeks ago or what about a month ago now. Um, but just to get this was great. But then on the flip side of that, the only thing for me that was kind of like uh, was, did we need to do that? Like, did you need to do that? Like, we got a little bit of Dragon Age this time, also coming from Bioware, um, where again, another kind of CG trailer just, just telling us that, you know, this time we get to be the hero and be whatever we want. We had a trailer like the Mass Effect trailer for Dragon Age, I think it was last year, might have even been the year before we got a little tease for that. And we still don't have the game. So it's like, did they need to acknowledge 
another Mass Effect was coming. We knew the Legendary Edition was coming, or what you know, whatever it is that's coming early this year. Kind of that remaster of the original game, upres and everything for these new for the new consoles. Do we need to have that? I don't know. Still excited for it. But it was just one of those things like, okay, all right, that's great. And that was the bombshell. Like, I was looking for a Metroid Prime 4, for a Breath of the Wild 2, like all these big things. And then instead, it was just like kind of what we already knew in a nice little sizzle reel to get you excited. All right, is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I was hoping we were going to get a little bit more. But there, you know, definitely were some cool games in there. But, you know, again, I don't want to dwell too much on the game awards. I know, you know, we're probably going to be getting some more information on all those games that were shown there. Uh, very soon here as we trek into 2021. But again, you know, I mean, it could be a part of it, just COVID, right? We didn't have as many um, big reveals or big trailers for games because production on games got delayed a bit. And so, you know, they, a lot of teams don't want to push their stuff out there until they can kind of finalize some of that stuff. So uh, let's shift gears over to Cyberpunk 2077. And speaking of pushing things too quick and maybe letting them bake a little bit more, um, I gotta, I gotta be honest, guys. Like, you know, I, 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 if you've been listening to the show, you know that I haven't been super excited for Cyberpunk. I mean, you know, originally I wasn't even gonna be getting this game, and then you know, watching some more trailers of the gameplay and thinking that okay, well, maybe it'll kind of fill that Fallout uh, hole for me, kind of that Fallout style of game. And so I got excited, you know, getting into it, but I, I didn't really go in with any expectations at all. Like, just like I'm gonna take this game for what it is. I mean, some people have been just waiting for this game for years and years and years and for me it's like you know all right well that's it's just that next game you know that i'm gonna be picking up it's gonna be the talk of the town i want to jump in there because i like doing that right so obviously you know you look at kind of the pre-release of this game and this is where things start to get a little bit troubling so we talked last week how you know the reviews are only for the pc version they couldn't actually show their own footage no console reviews were put out there they had to do this b-roll footage um and it all kind of makes sense now why you know the the game is out there in the wild seems like people playing on the base consoles are having a lot of issues um and not only that i mean it really is a big downgrade for the game and i know the argument is there of you know well what did you expect you know, that's how this was going to work. You know, it just, I, I think for me, the fact that CD Projekt Red wasn't out there really um, making people more aware of that, you know, especially being that this game was revealed how many years ago before these new consoles and these new graphics cards were even a thing. You know, that's kind of the weird part about it. Um, but my personal experience in the game, a uh, couple things. One, like the aesthetic is definitely super slick. Uh, I, one thing that really jumps out to me that I really enjoy about this game is the audio, uh, just, I don't like to say audio quality, just the audio in general, like everything about it is just so cool from the music that plays while you're doing things to, uh, when the people call you on your phone and, and essentially like in the world of cyberpunk, right? Everybody has these cybernetic enhancements on their bodies. And, and so when you're making a phone call, you're not actually picking up the phone. I mean, you're, they're tapping into your brain and the way that sounds in the headphones is just it's cool like it really is like wow this is pretty neat constantly things happening around you i mean this game is like um the attention to detail around some of these uh i'm not even gonna say set pieces around just night city in general i, I went with the street kid uh start so i'm in the city right from the get-go kind of in the grimy back alleyways and so that part of it is great like that attention that they put to every little piece of garbage on the ground as crazy as that is to sound 
is cool. Like it really, and it does some, it does immerse you in the game. My problems so far with the game are, um, I definitely had multiple hard crashes. Um, the worst thing that I had was on a main mission, um, you, we kind of infiltrated this thing, ended up having to go loud to get out. So we were fighting, had to fight my way for about 10 minutes, 12 minutes, finally get myself out of this building. And uh, Jackie, one of the characters who's with me, um, was supposed to walk through the door with me. He chose to just hang out in the building. So I walk out. Suddenly the the Night City police or whoever it is shows up. And they go into the building where we were to take care of, I guess, clean up our mess or whatever they go to do. So I go, my thing is telling me, go see Jackie. Go talk to Jackie. So I go to talk to Jackie. Well, Jackie's in the building, and there's an officer, police officer out front who will not let me in. Every time I walk towards him, he pushes me. And I, I put some video up of this up on Twitter, and I couldn't complete the mission. So I had to shut the game off, restart. And when I restarted, luckily it had kind of quick saved me, but it quick saved me right before the combat section. So again, another 10 to 12 minutes to catch up. Not too bad, right? And, you know, and, and I kind of breeze through it and kind of knowing what to expect this time. But. It sucks. And this time I made sure when I finished, I made sure Jackie walked out first. I kind of pushed him because I think that might have been what happened last time was I walked out of the room first, but that shouldn't matter. You know, I I shouldn't have to take care of the NPCs and babysit them through these games. And so that sucked, right? I had other instances where just I kill an NPC and their guns just floated in the air. Um, Had another time we're getting ready to go on an elevator door. The elevator didn't even open. The dude just walked through the door and I had to stand there for probably about 30 seconds before the door finally opened for me because I couldn't get through. Um, a lot of little things like that. Um, I, and, you know, I'm at this point where the story is intriguing. I like the world that they've created. Um, but when I see some of these pictures of people playing on PC and, you know, one, I know my PC couldn't give me that quality. My PC could probably do what I'm doing right now on the PS5. Um, this is the... PS4 version I'm playing on the PS5 because that next-gen upgrade isn't out there yet. So I'm hesitant to continue playing, honestly. Like, part of me, I haven't yet. The disc is still in my disk drive, but I'm tempted to just take it out, put the game up on the shelf, and say, you know what, when that next-gen upgrade comes out, that's what I'm going to dip back in. Because honestly, like, I'm not... Again, this wasn't a game that I was like, I can't wait to play Cyberpunk. It was like, oh, Cyberpunk's out. Cool, Let let me play it. So I think I'm okay holding off because I want to play the best version of this game that I can possibly play. And the version I'm playing right now is not. Number one, it's the PS4 version. And number two, it's still riddled with bugs. And I don't want to have these issues continue, you know? And so I think that's what I'm going to do. Like I actually this weekend, believe it or not, um, purchased Beyond Light and all the seasons on the PS5. I played some more on the PS5 and the game just looks so good. I mean, look, it's, it's prob. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say probably, I'm going to say it is up to par with my PC, like the way it runs. The only thing that I would say my P- the PC has over the console is the PC seems to run a little bit faster. And when I say that, I mean, literally your characters move faster. That's just something that on the PC it always is. So that's, what's kind of weird on the console is you're getting those 60 frames. You're getting all that, um, the gorgeousness of it, if you want to say, but it just doesn't seem to run as fast but I'm okay with that. And like jumping back into that totally pulled me away from cyberpunk. Cause I just suddenly got that destiny itch again. I, you know, uh, started my season of the hunt, did my weekly, you know, Rathborn hunts, 
Um, now I'm chasing down geek. I got to get the Hawk moon. I'm working on my no time to explain. Like I'm, I'm in the destiny mix again. Like I'm having a lot of fun just kind of chasing those bounties down, um, and doing that checklist stuff, which sound may sound crazy, but like that's right now, I think it's kind of what I wanted, you know, playing so much Assassin's Creed lately and kind of chasing that story. It's like, you know what? I just want to take the guns and shoot the mans in the face. And that's kind of, that's what I'm doing with, with destiny. I'm enjoying even crucible, man. I even got into crucibles running some, uh, um, iron banner and having a lot of fun with that. I'm up to, I think my character is a 12, uh, 12, 11 right now. and was even still having fun in iron banner and finally ran the prophecy dungeon this weekend. That see, that was the other cool thing is like when I transitioned over to PC, Sure, I had people playing there, but my 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 PlayStation friends list wasn't there. Now I go in there and I have that huge PlayStation friends list that I had of players, and it's great. So uh, yeah, ran the Prophecy Dungeon, had a blast doing that. I mean, incredible. I never I had never had a chance to run that. So now there's three raids I got to run. There's three raids I never ran. Last Wish, never ran Gardens of Salvation, never ran the latest one. Like there's, I, I I'm in it right now with some Destiny, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So uh, I think Cyberpunk, you know. Um, it's going to get there. It's going to probably be good. You know, I mean, you know, in their track record with The Witcher, it's going to get there. And that's the thing. Like, I, I think it's okay to have these feelings and these criticisms of the game. You know, if if you're having a good time with the game, great. You know, not, and I'm not, not going to say I'm, I wasn't having a good time with the game. But in the back of my mind, the whole time, all I'm thinking is there's a better version of this game and I'm not playing it right now. Now, there's always been that way with the PC and console, right? But... Previously, when you get a lot of that, I never had the ability to play that better version. Right now, I could when that next-gen version comes out and will have that version. And right now, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not in it. So I'm, I'm going to wait, I think, on Cyberpunk. So it's up to you. I would tell you, you know, if you have a next-gen console, maybe wait because you're, you're going to get that better version. Um, if you're not going to be getting a next-gen console for a while and you just have been so excited for Cyberpunk and really are more invested in the story and lore of Cyberpunk and just need to know what they're going to show you in this game, then probably jump in. For me, that's not the case. Like, I have no affinity to Cyberpunk. Like, this was just like, okay, I'm going to check this game out. And, um, you know, and, and I will say the combat is pretty rough. Combat's not that great. So <laughs> that's another thing where it's like, okay, I, I could take a minute and uh, not not get into this. So um, take that for what it is. Uh, let's shift gears now over to the Mandalorian. Um, and so again, spoilers here, guys. So hopefully by now, I mean, we're doing this on Monday. So hopefully by now you've had a chance to watch the episode. Um, but we're going to be jumping in. So it's kind of uh, set the stage here. This is chapter 15 of the Mandalorian entitled The Believer. And we'll talk uh, towards the end here about who who I think the believer is. Um, but I got to say, hell of an episode. I was super excited last week when we knew that Bill Burr's character of Migs Mayfeld was going to be coming back. And uh, I got to be honest, this episode probably has the best acting scene, probably, I'm going to say. And it's delivered by Bill Burr. Like his performance in the officer's mess hall with uh valen hess the uh you know just kind of sinister unlikable uh imperial uh what is he's a commanding officer uh is just incredible like i never knew bill burr kind of had those acting chops and and you know kind of the tension in that scene was palpable like you know first of all you know you go from them driving the uh you know the these transport vehicles that were highly explosive this what is it called ridonium 
shipments, fighting off these pirates, getting to this uh, Imperial base, and getting the heroes welcome, which in itself was crazy. We've seen the rebels themselves give these heroes welcomes to Luke and to Chewie and all that. I mean, hell, we even had it in the new movies when they're giving it to Poe and to Rey, and it, it's just... To have that flipped. And as the audience, to be so easily to flip. I mean, you know, we went from hating the Empire, or, you know, what's left of it, kind of this ragtag Empire, if you want to say, to rooting against the pirates in this in the beginning of this episode. And when those TIE fighters fly in to save the day, you're cheering inside. Like, you couldn't help but be happy. And then they roll in, and, and they're all saluting them, and they're clapping. I was like feel like I'm at a 501st gathering here. It's like, that was it. And it was great the way that that episode was written or that, that those moments as you as the audience were cheering for them, you know? And we never get that. We never get that side of the empire. So I thought that was great. But then to have them transition out of that and uh, go to the mess hall, go to where they're going to be able to get this information on Moff Gideon and for, you know, uh, Miggs to see his previous commanding officer from back in the days when he was in the military uh, with Operation Cinder and the things he had to do and not wanting to go in there. And he sends in Mando, you know, right away, the tension is increased. Mando himself goes in, of course, in disguise at this moment, goes over to that terminal, jacks into it and tries to keep his helmet on. And of course, the officers are looking at him. You have to scan your face into this uh, station, into into this um, computer takes the helmet off, which we've seen him without the helmet off on before. Um, but, you know, that really is showing us he's literally willing to do anything possible um, to get Grogu back, right? And so he scans his face. I mean, that right there was pretty um, pretty impactful for him as a character. You know, from what we know of him following the code of the Mandalorians, I mean, number one, just putting on the... Uh, armor that he put on you know taking his armor off and putting on this mock armor of course is a big deal but at least he kept the helmet on here he takes it off in this mess hall in this you know what's left of the empire uh uh office or, or station and then on top of that did the ultimate thing of scanned his face you can't tell me that after the events of this uh of what happens here that the whole empire, what well, Morak is the name of the place. So after this, the the uh, you know the downfall or, or whatever, the fallout of this uh, explosion here on Morak and everything that happened, you're not going to tell me that the rest of the empire now knows who the Mandalorian is. Not only in with the armor, but now his face. His face is out there. He he basically now has done the ultimate of not only. You know, taking the helmet off and having a few people say, because because Mig says to him, you know, oh, don't worry, I'm I, I'm gonna, I'll never say I saw your face or I didn't see your face. Who cares about you, Migs? The whole empire now has seen his face and will continue to see his face. His face is gonna be plastered on every planet that the empire is on across the galaxy. Like that's a big deal. And so now it makes me wonder, like, are we to the point now where, when we saw those other Mandalorians in what was that, uh, three or four episodes ago? And they're taking their helmets off. And, you know, they they commented on the fact that Din himself is kind of the that old, almost like cultish type Mandalorians that are left out there where they follow that kind of just odd code where they keep their helmets on. It, are we now to the point where he's content taking the helmet off? Not only because 
of what that woman said, like, hey, you're kind of with this weird sect, although he seemed to still want to continue with that uh, pathway and follow, you know, that that way of the Mandalorians, where now, what's the point, right? I mean, he has no, no choice. His face is going to be everywhere um, out there. I thought that was interesting that they kind of went on that route, but um, just still continuing on with that scene, because there was a lot in that. There was that moment with the scene, but then when they go and sit down at the table and, um, you know, Valen Hess, this, this commanding officer is kind of, I think he legitimately was bringing them to the table. Wasn't really too skeptical because of what they had done. I mean, sure, he, you know, the Empire, they are the way they are, right? It seems like every officer in there is always skeptical, always just, you know, harsh, if you want to say. But I think he legitimately wanted them to sit down and kind of celebrate the the um, success that they had had. But then Miggs himself starts digging and starts prodding and start getting into, you know, these, these this idea that the Empire, um, you know, uh, uh, kills a bunch of innocent people to the point where, you know, they, he goes into this Operation Cinder. And if you're not familiar familiar with Operation Cinder, this played a major role in Battlefront 2. That was kind of the, the Empire has fallen. Um, the Emperor himself, Palpatine, has these, uh, I think they call them just Sentinels, where you kind of see his face in these robots. And um, it basically told the rest of the empire to just burn down all these planets, like go out there and just take them all down. And that ultimately is kind of like the battle of Jakku was kind of the culmination of operation cinder. And, um, you know, Mig starts kind of prodding him and saying like, you know, yeah, we, I was part of that and we lost five to 10,000 people and in that innocent people and think of their families that were affected. And, uh, you know, Valen Hess just seems to be fine with that. He's like, we're going to lose more and all this, all this explosion, all this radonium that we have here. We're going to do the same with it, right? We're going to be able to use that to just keep on taking it down. And then he brings up the concept that right now with the New Republic at this stage, so this New Republic that's being built, that all these planets, you know, I'm going to kind of paraphrase what he's saying and kind of what I thought of what it was. But he's like, you know, basically saying that all these planets can't really govern themselves. They need leadership. And not only that, they need leadership with like an iron fist. And that until they have that, like there will always be corruption and there will always be chaos. But the Empire is there to swoop in when the New Republic is not going to be able to deliver what these people want and come in with that iron fist and that big boot to kind of stomp everything down and say, this is the way and this is the way to to be and we are the ones in charge. And I mean, and then on top of that, then he also says, you know, that and it's going to be at whatever cost and that's why we have this Rodonium. Migs can't handle it, you know, again, in this moment, Bill Burr's acting is great, I mean, even, even, um, uh, you know, what's his name, uh, uh, the guy, you know, even the Mando is just, you know, look, shooting some eyes at Migs, like, don't do it, don't do it, and of course, pulls the gun out, shoots it, I love the scene when he does, and the, you know, the one trooper's kind of standing there like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what happened, and then, of course, the battle ensues, and we have the, the escape, um, and of course, Migs gets away at the end, they let him go. Um, and the other interesting thing too, that Miggs does after that conversation. And in that moment when Miggs says, you know, all these people were basically senselessly killed as they're flying away in Boba Fett's ship, he takes a shot at the facility and blows the whole thing up and kills how many people, I mean, how many people did he kill? Right. But he did what needs to be needed to be done. So more people didn't die, which arguably you could say that's kind of what Valen Hess's point was. We killed as many people as we needed to. So no one else would die. Right. So who is good? Who is bad? Um, I love it. Great. Ep- this episode was just fantastic for when you kind of step back and look at kind of um, some of those writing moments that they kind of put in there, the, the you know, just the, the, 
conceptual things that were in there. I, I loved it, man. This episode has had me really, really thinking a lot uh, about who's good and who's bad. I mean, hell, think of this. In the beginning, when they're traveling to the Rhydonium facility, they go through that little town and all the people there, you know, look kind of scared and all that. But then they get attacked by pirates, quote unquote pirates, I'm going to say, who weren't actually there trying to steal the transports. They were there just blowing up the transports, right? I mean, because really, if they were pirates, they would be taking the stuff and doing something with it, where instead they're just blowing them up. So ultimately, were they pirates? Or were they actually the good guys, right? They're stopping the Empire from taking this Rhydonium to then further be used to destroy planets and, you know, burn everything down, essentially. And really, you know, Mando and Miggs had to fight them off because they had to get the transport there. I mean, if anything, you know, maybe they could have stopped and said, hey, guys, pull, you know, pull the helmet up real quick and say, we're good. We're going in here to destroy this whole facility and, or, you know, whatever. Just don't say they're going to get the information on, on Grogu. Say they're going to destroy the facility. Maybe these people would have helped out, but instead they just fight them off and murder everybody. <laughs> it was just, I don't know, when you look back at it that way, it's like, that's a different angle. And, and you know, I love that about Star Wars. You can get these different uh, perspectives, and I love that's kind of where we are with um, Disney Star Wars is we're getting a lot of these different perspectives through these moments either that we've known before or how we think these moments are going to go, right? Like in this case, of course, they're the bad guys. they got to fight them off. But really, they're not. When you look at it, they, those pirates were actually trying to do the right thing. And, and had there, if this was any other situation, you know, we would have been cheering for them. But instead, the good guys lost in that moment, and the Empire cheers, cheers them in. Right? I mean, the Tie Fighters shot off the pirates. The Tie, and we're, that's why we we're rooting for them. I just thought that was a neat take on that. Um, uh, I don't know. Now, another interesting bit of this episode is we didn't get any Grogu at all. Not on screen once. Is this the first episode without a Grogu appearance? I don't know. Let me know that. I, the more I thought about that, I was like, yeah, maybe it's not. You know, we we didn't see him on the ship We didn't with, with Moff Gideon. We didn't get a shot, even one shot of Grogu, uh, which is kind of interesting to think about. Um, the ending, of course, fantastic. Setting up for this upcoming episode here, the finale this Friday um, with Mando basically taking the fight to Moff Gideon. I thought that was awesome. I'm really interested as to what they're going to do here in the finale. Who's going to make an appearance? Um, the idea that they brought up Operation Cinder has me wondering, like, are we going to maybe get a Palpatine um, Sentinel in there with, with his face on that screen? Um, are we going to get a Snoke? I mean, I, I, maybe not, right? Because, I mean, I guess we're, that's kind of the point of getting Grogu's blood is we're, we're creating those strand casts, so probably not. Um, but uh, Or just a Palpatine. I mean, could we just get a straight-up Palpatine? I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see. The Palpatine from Rise of Skywalker. Uh, or do we get the Thrawn? Maybe is that, is that what's going to be there? Or do we get none of them and it's just Moff Gideon, you know, maybe uh, losing Grogu, but, but you know, kind of maybe uh, on on his deathbed, you know, kind of like a Vader-ish, Vader-ish-like character and next season we get him putting a helmet on you know kind of doing like the vader thing of, of just being like new vader basically um i don't know maybe we'll see but uh great episode and uh, the plot just continues to thicken here um with uh with with the mandalorian i actually really enjoyed boba fett as well in this episode his armor looks pristine he obviously went and had some work done to it um looking great and of course the slave one getting some more action in this episode uh, was awesome. Awesome seeing that. So, 
Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for me today, guys. Uh, let me know, like I said, your thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077. Are you enjoying it? Um, you know, kind of what's your experience so far? I would love to hear that. Um, are you like me where you're just kind of hesitant now to keep playing? And, you know, especially if you got one of the new consoles and you know that better version is going to be coming. Are you are you waiting for that? Um, or are you loving it for what it is and just, just going with the ride? And also your thoughts on The Mandalorian. I love getting your thoughts and knowing kind of what you think uh, the direction for this series is going. Because we got one more episode left. Mando Friday, definitely this Friday. Uh, I can't wait. I'm definitely going to be setting the alarm extra early that day. Because uh, I'm sure it's going to be a hell of an episode. Well, guys, that's it as always. Thank you for tuning in. And until tomorrow, we'll catch you next time.